What's going on, guys? Before we get started on this episode of the podcast, make sure that you're following, you're subscribed, and give the show a rate. Really helps us reach a wide variety of people so we can make some awesome content for you. Also, make sure you go follow us on Instagram at innovators.anonymous. You can get all the updated news on the show and see what's going to be coming down the pipeline next. Have a good one and enjoy. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Innovators Anonymous. My name is Colin Waitsman. I'm going to be your guide today. And uh, this is a really interesting uh, episode for me, something that I thought is uh, a fantastic uh, business model for not only today, but moving into the future. We have uh, Hunter Pomerantz, who is the owner, founder of The Player's Trunk. It is a, a company where they take some of the your favorite student athletes and favorite athletes uh, that played in college and professional sports, and uh, where you can actually buy one of one um, pieces from them, one of a kind. You can't find it in your stores. Um, it's some really interesting stuff. He, they have gotten shout outs uh, from players like Dwayne Wade, uh, commentators like Jay Billis, Darren Ravel, and much, much more. So I'm sure you probably uh, may have heard them before or you will shortly. Uh, Hunter, thanks so much for, for taking the time here. You got it. I'm happy to be here. Well, uh, first wanted to kind of go briefly on the the, the small world that that we have. Uh, so I, it's it's crazy because someone that I had earlier on on the show, uh, Dan uh, Horowitz, he actually, I guess you you were managers with his brother at Syracuse, right? Yeah, that's exactly correct. So I got to know Dan pretty well over my four years at Syracuse uh, through his brother Ben, who at the time when I was a you know, scared freshman on campus, looking at the basketball program, wanting to get involved. His brother, Ben, was actually one of the head managers who told me a little bit more about the role, what was expected, what would be involved. Um, ben was actually the one who interviewed me and was actually the one who called me to tell me I got the position and was hired and had a great run with Ben my, my freshman year, his senior year. And then he actually came back to do his um, GA, his grad assistant position with the team while I was a senior head manager. So we got really close traveling to Italy together, traveling to all these different, you know, conference games that we played as well on the road. So grew really close with Ben. And just through that, I got close with Dan as well, but two great kids. Yeah, that's crazy. It's uh, I've had, a, a, it's a small world because I, I went to, you know, take a look at, you know, I saw you on, on Instagram and I'm like, Oh, it's, got some mutual mutual followers here. I'm like, wait, Dan, like, wait a minute. I just talked to this guy, talked to this guy a couple of weeks ago. So uh, it's like, that's, that's uh, pretty funny. And uh, obviously we got connected through, you know, one of our, uh, one of my coworkers and friends, KP, shout out to you. You're, you're, you're awesome. You're a legend, but it's uh it's crazy how small this world is, but um, absolutely. So you mentioned that yeah, you, you went to uh, Syracuse and you were, uh, you know, one of the one of the managers there. Eventually, one of the head managers. Could you uh, explain, like, hey, how did you, you know, decide you wanted to go to Syracuse and then eventually get involved with the the basketball team there? Yeah. So for me, when it came time to looking at schools where I wanted to apply, where I really saw myself fitting in, it for me came down to just school spirit, that rah rah camaraderie, and Syracuse was always high up on my list. Being a kid from Long Island, New York, on on the East Coast, um, you're just immersed in Syracuse basketball growing up. And I remember the first time I took that drive with my parents, um, you're on the highway, you're getting off at that exit to get off at Syracuse and you see the carrier dome just towering over in the skyline as you're driving up. And that was really the moment for me. I knew this would be the place. And when you finally step foot in the dome and 
you picture yourself, you know, you amongst 30, 35,000 other screaming fans wearing their orange, cheering for the guys. Um, that's really when I knew I needed to be a part of this. This was the school. This was the right fit for me. And I knew I wanted to take it a step further in sports. And that's when I got involved with the basketball team being one of the managers and kind of just ran with it my freshman year through my senior year. Yeah, it's uh, I, it was a similar experience for me with when I walked on to, to my school at the at the Mount. It was like the first time I, I stepped on campus. It was just like, you just know it's 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 yeah. great because I know it's not not everyone has the same experience where you kind of just you have to go someplace but it was it was great for me like similar experience to you I I stepped on campus so I was like yeah I I see myself here so yeah, you just have that gut feeling and you run with it yeah exactly I'm like I don't know why I'm like this isn't like if you told me this is where I was gonna go like la a year before a little different sort because I didn't even know what my Mount St. Mary's was as a school I had never even heard of it and then and then like I walk on like okay yeah this is this I'm glad that I took the extra you know minute to look this place up but um as a as a manager so that's like um it's a role that I think goes underappreciated I uh so I wasn't directly involved with the basketball team I because I was I ran I ran track but I did know a lot of I, I had a some close close friends of mine in a lot of my classes were the managers on the basketball team and it's a lot of stuff that 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 goes into it it's when it's not just like a, oh you know make sure that the the Gatorade bottles are given to the players on game day like it's a lot of stuff could you kind of explain like what was it what was your role as the manager I guess from when you were a freshman just getting started and then eventually as the the head manager towards the end there yeah sure um it's like you said it's a little bit of a undervalued and underappreciated role and I know it was always preached to me and it's something I tell the younger guys um, that I was, you know, hiring and working with. It's, it's the stuff that we're doing is the stuff that no one notices until it goes wrong. And then it's the first thing that people notice. So it's a ton of behind the scenes work. It's a lot of the early morning, late nights. You're literally the first one in the gym every day, turning the lights on last one to leave, turning the lights off. And like you said, you know, people think it's just wiping up sweat and handing out water and Gatorade at practice, but that's a huge part of it. It's, a lot of what you do, just getting your foot in as a freshman. Um, I did a ton of wiping up sweat. I did a ton of laundry, filling up Gatorade bottles, um, you know, water Gatorade dripping onto me every day. But as you grow, you know, and you get older, the coaches start having more trust in you. You build a relationship with not only the coaching staff, but the players. And that's really when the, the fun happens and you get to start seeing what a high caliber program like a Syracuse high mid, you know, high major D1 program, how it runs. Um, an inside look behind the scenes, whether it was traveling, recruiting, um, dealing with, you know, player requests, whatever the coaches needed on and off the court. So as you get older, you really just become that liaison between the coaching staff and the players. And these guys have so much to worry about on the floor. It's the players and the coaches do. So any part that we can play to just help them out and take any load off their shoulders, you know, that's what we're there for and we're happy to do it. Yeah. Uh, it's being a part of something that's, bigger and greater than yourself, especially one of the prestigious programs like Syracuse. I mean, it's, you know, obviously one, one of the top programs in the, in the country, like Syracuse, Duke, Kentucky, it's all in that like yeah. similar conversation. And so like, I get why, like, you know, being a manager, I think it's a, a really, a really cool job. If I wasn't doing, you know, a sport, that'd be something I'd be interested in, but I'm sure a lot of people, when they hear what you just described, it's like, that's the last thing people want to do. It's like, wait, you're telling me I got to clean up sweat, hand out Gatorades, first person, first person there, last person to leave. And I'm not appreciated for it. No way I'm doing that. Like, what was your reason to be like, 
as a what 18 year old kid to be like, yes, this is what I want to do and stick with for the next four years or so. Yeah, we, we get that a lot. You're not the first to give us that. But um, for me, it was just I wanted to be a part of the program, whatever way I could. You know, you're still still a part of the team in some sense. You're still you know, you still have the same goal at the end of the season that these guys do. It's win as many games as you can, make the tournament, go win the tournament. So that was the reason for me. It was still just being a part of a team. I played on teams my whole life. And you just, there's something about that feeling. You grow close with the players. I mean, for me, some of my closest friends that I had at school and some of my closest friends, even now after I graduated were guys that were on the team and even the coaching staff, you build a relationship with them. And I know the coaching staff at Syracuse, some of those guys are my biggest mentors in life right now that I still speak to, you know, every week, every other week, just hop on the phone, check in, um, any advice, personal advice, life advice. So those are the things that I think people don't realize when you get into this, but it's just, you know, some of the many rewards that you end up getting for putting in those, you know, long hours and really long years for the four years I was doing it. Yeah. It, I mean, you're, you're with one of the, one of the basketball legends, uh, want to have one of the best coaches in, in, yeah. in college basketball history. Uh, that you're working with. I mean, what's it like to be, you don't have to say anything particular. I don't want to, don't want people to be you know, coming at you later, but what's it like being in the locker room during those games? Like, especially maybe at halftime when you guys are, when you guys are losing uh, to maybe a team that you should be beating by a lot. Like what's it like in the, the locker room when you're, you know, you're, you're hearing these conversations that really no one else, but the 15 people or so that are in there, you know, are, are, are being a part of. Yeah, I think um, it's really, it's almost, I guess you can call it almost like relaxing in a way. I don't think that people have this conception that it's just screaming, you know, pens and markers flying off the whiteboard. It's it's nothing like that. Um, it's really just, you know, relax, calm down. Um, you know, there's still 20 minutes to play, whatever the case might be, a lot of time left. And it's really just regrouping, getting down to the basics. Um, I know Coach Beheim's big on just, you know, get back into our routine, come out strong, cut the deficit a little bit. And next thing you know, you're right back in the game. So it's, you know, little things like that. I think just to be able to regroup at halftime um, and come back, start the second half strong. Yeah, it's that's something that yeah, a lot of people um, got mixed up. I mean, I know I played very small level high school football, so, you know, pretty JV. So I was obviously really, really big football athlete there. And, it, and so I, people were like, yeah, thinking that we were getting yelled at by our coach at halftime, but it's like, it's not really that at all. You, you'd think that it would be, but it's yeah, really exactly. the opposite. Cause that's not going to help you win the game. If you're feeling bad about yourself, you got to build yourself back up. I totally. Mean, what were, you probably have a ton, um, but could you like name of like maybe one of your favorite moments um, that you're a part of with the team or just experiences that you got to have, you know, being, you know, the manager uh, of, Syrac of Syracuse? Yeah, for me, that's an easy one. Um, I was fortunate enough this summer to be part of the, our team trip to Italy. Um, so we went to four different cities over, I believe it was like a 10, 11 day period where we went to Venice, Rome, Florence and Lake Cuomo and to be able to tour, you know, a European city that um, I've been to with my family, but we got a whole, you know, different perspective and view on um, Italy and to be able to travel with, like I said, my friends on the team and the coaching staff as well. Um, experience I'll never forget to not only play basketball in a foreign country and see the love and the passion that fans literally across the world have for the sport of basketball that, you know, we all love and admire, but just to be able to sightsee, um, appreciate some of the rich, you know, Italian culture and even just be able to try different foods that I've never 
had. I love Italian food, but there's so much in Italy and it was a trip I'll never forget. And, you know, lifetime memory of lifetimes. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Cause it's one thing if you're going on trips or whatever with your family, but going with, uh, you know, the entire team, everyone, you get to, it, I feel it's gotta be a different vibe. It's gotta be, it's gotta be pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was different in the beginning. I think, especially, you know, for, we had a young, a young team uh, this past season. So a lot of freshmen that were on the trip, guys were just starting to bond, but I think it, as crazy as it sounded, helped us more than anything that, you know, week, two weeks we had in Italy, cause it was really just us. Um, so we were able to bond really quickly. We got really close really quickly. And I think that we brought it back to the States with us and, you know, quickly into the trip. And when we got back to Syracuse, um, we were all way closer than when the first, when we first started the trip and, you know, regardless, yeah, we won all four games, but I think more than anything, the coaching staff would agree. It was really just a, an ultimate team bonding experience for us and, you know, really helped us down the road in Syracuse. What were uh, going back at, to, at some of the games, like what were some of your favorite um, or most exciting games that, that you were at where you know, maybe it was really close or, or something like that, just moments that stick out, you know, game wise that were, you know, pretty cool to be a part of. Yeah. Um, the UNC game in the ACC tournament um, this past March down in Greensboro, that was an exciting one that I'll never forget. I think being in North Carolina, playing North Carolina, it's, you know, far from a neutral court setting when three fourths of the stadium was packed in that Tar Heel blue. And we came in the big underdogs. They beat us pretty well back in the Carrier Dome a few months earlier. So that was our revenge game. Um, that's the thought process we had all week as we traveled down to Greensboro. And when we got to the hotel, it was, you know, this is the start of our revenge tour. The next team we had in line was Louisville, where similar story, they beat us pretty well on their home floor. So we knew the road ahead of us, but that to open up the tournament with, a, I think it was 26, maybe 30 point victory um, against North Carolina. That was a really fun one to be a part of. And I think just the memories that I'll have, you know, aside from the game, just being able to travel to these different, different states that I've never even been to be able to play basketball and share some unreal memories, you know, traveling with my friends, guys on the team, other managers that I was fortunate enough to be with my four years. We were all head managers together. So you know, we had some of our best memories were those road trips, not even on the court, but just the the bonding we had on the bus, on the plane, in the hotel room when it's just, you know, the four of us managers and the 13 guys on the team. Um, those are the those are the memories I'm most thankful for that I'll always remember. Oh, yeah. That's like whenever I look back at my my career for, you know, being an athlete, like my favorite moments like were the ones that were, were going to the restaurant as, as a team yep. or, yeah, we're on the bus of like a, you have like a, we we never actually we didn't take flights sadly we we did a lot of long bus rides so we we had like a long bus ride all the way to South Carolina from from like Maryland it was like what like a nine hour ride probably longer than that but it was just like yeah it stinks but it's like you know the the conversations having with the friends and all that stuff it's that's what was great the competitions were fun like don't get me wrong I, I really enjoyed competing but yeah the memories of you know being on the bus that's what really like sticks out which not many people would think when you when you think about know you being an athlete or mm -hmm. or whatever that might be so i mean obviously currently uh depending on when you're listening to this currently we're, we're in the middle of a pandemic or hopefully closer to the end at this point knock on wood uh what what first happened with you know with you when you're hearing in march like hey seasons upended we're we're done and you're no longer going to continue with you know the tournament just what a couple weeks out from March Madness. Yeah. So 
going back to that, you know, game I just referenced before, it was that North Carolina game in Greensboro. We're on the ultimate highest of highs right now in the hotel room. Um, we're starting to hear, you know, news trickling in. Uh, the Ivy League was the first one to cancel their tournament. Then we had the Big Ten cancel theirs. And we're kind of sitting there in the hotel lobby with the bus literally outside the hotel, ready to take us to our shoot around practice. And no one knew, are we getting on this bus? Are we not? Um, how much longer till the ACC makes an announcement and a final decision. So for us, it was, like I said, it was the highest of highs and it was a low point when we did find out that the tournament was going to be canceled. The ACC tournament would be canceled. And then shortly thereafter, you know, March Madness gets canceled. So I think we were all, of course, disappointed. Um, I think that's the natural reaction at the time when you work so hard for something so many, you know, months in the making, you have the big upset against North Carolina, you're, excited to continue the revenge tour against Louisville. But I think as we spoke to our coaches and even some of the support staff that we travel with, um, our medical team, some of our doctors as well that were there, and they started to really tell us the, the seriousness and the magnitude of COVID. I think that's when we realized that, hey, basketball is you know, just a game as crazy as it is for us. And that's when we took a step back, realized you know, the biggest thing for us was just getting us back to Syracuse safely, um, safely and healthy. And I think that's when it really hit all of us that, yeah, the tournament's, you know, getting canceled. Yeah, we're on the next flight out of Greensboro. But most important thing was we got out of there healthy and safe. And I know the, the other teams in the tournament felt the same way that we were in the hotel with. Yeah, it was a it was a strange few days because I remember I remember watching TV and I think the Big East tournament might have been like they canceled it mid game. Yeah, and... the Big East one. We were actually in the hotel lobby watching that. Oh, wow. Uh, it was yeah. like a, a coffee shop in the hotel lobby. I mean, we're sitting there watching, you know, how much longer is this going to go on for? Do they get the guys off the court now? You don't want to risk injury. Then halftime rolls around. Is this the time when they do it? And finally that decision came in and it was kind of just that trickle down domino effect where we realized, all right, this is, this is what the, you know, consensus across college basketball is going to look like. Oh yeah. It was, it was a weird, weird, weird couple days. Like, I mean, weird couple months to be honest, but I remember sitting there like watching TV and I'm like, this might be the last sporting event that people watch for the next couple months. And it ended up being that. And I really felt for the, the athletes and like a lot of, you know, basketball players or um, indoor track in my case, or whatever it is, like uh, volleyball or that get their season cut short. Cause it's like, I'm, I'm sure like there are a bunch of seniors on the team that, yeah, you're understanding, you know, the severity, but at the end of the, you still like, dang, like this could have been our year. This could have been our shot. Like we had a, we had a special team. Mm-hmm. I mean, what was, uh, what, what was kind of the, that sentiment, you know, there with you guys, I know it must've been a little bit conflicting. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's really what you just said. It was that feeling, you know, this sucks. Like we thought we had a special group. We knew we had a special group. We were in the middle of our revenge tour. You know, we thought we'd have Louisville next. Then we're in the working our way towards the championship, get that automatic bid for the, for the NCAA March Madness tournament. But like I said earlier, once we realized the magnitude of the COVID virus and how quickly it was just taking over the entire country, um, that's when I think we all put our personal feelings aside and just said, Hey, let's stick together. The, the traveling party of Syracuse basketball. Let's get home safely um, and we'll regroup when we get back to campus. And that's exactly what we did. For sure. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a wild few months. And um, one, one thing that on, on your end that I think it's, it's crazy, but I think is a, is a great decision is the starting of what you you guys are doing right now with, with the players drunk. You actually started during a, a pandemic, which is 
insane to think you're you're gonna start a new uh, a new uh, company, especially circled around sports, since a lot of athletes aren't aren't playing. Um, could you kind of tell us what the players trunk is um, for those that may not know exactly what it is that you guys do? Yeah, sure. So the players trunk, um, I started it myself, my brother Austin and his roommate Jason. Um, they're both managers at Michigan for the basketball team, both in their senior year right now. And the players trunk is a really a one of a kind unique platform where we give fans the opportunity to engage in a number of different ways with their favorite college athletes, or even if they're guys, guys or girls who played professional, they finished at school, went on to the pros. So a ton of different opportunities, um, to really engage and interact with your favorite athletes, whether it's the player exclusive gear that they get. I know, like you mentioned earlier in the show, it's the one of a kind team exclusive pieces that you can't find on nike.com or find in a fanatics or in your local campus bookstore. It's the stuff exclusive to the guys and the girl on the team. Um, it has, whether it's a patch, a symbol, the player's number on it. Um, it's those one of a kind unique pieces that we now give fans the chance to own. Um, and you know, do what they want, whether they want to wear it, whether they want to use it as a collector's item. Um, but there are another, you know, a number of different other avenues that we go down. Um, video messages are a huge one, a great way for fans to now be able to engage with their favorite athletes. We've done a ton of video messages for birthdays, anniversaries, um, bar and bat mitzvahs, you name it. We've done a video message with you know guys on our platform for it. Um, we've done merchandise collaborations with some big time athletes. Um, our last one was with Cassius Winston. It was a really popular seller where I think the thing that makes us stand out, you know, we work collaboratively with the athlete. It's for us, it was Cassius giving his, um, his design. It was his input on how he wanted it to shape up and look. So we work hand in hand with these athletes to really just provide unique content, unique memorabilia pieces, unique merchandise pieces, unique gear to fans across the country and worldwide. Oh yeah. And something that I think is really cool um, that makes it even more interesting is like, once the stuff's gone, it's gone. <laughs> like, like these yeah. are, cause these are athletes that just based off of NCAA rules, especially now, like they're not current, like you're not a current Michigan athlete, Syracuse right. athlete. Cause that's just the way, the way that it goes. So once they have, once you've gotten their warm up shirt, they don't have another, they don't have another warm up shirt to get. This is uh one of one collector pieces on our site. The second it sells, it's gone forever. So um, we've built a, a pretty big customer base in our first few months and there's, you know, we've almost adapted to this model of where everyone knows exactly what time stuff gets released on the site. People are waiting, you know, a few minutes early on the site, knowing exactly where they're going to go, where they're going to look, whose trunk they're going to peek into at the time. And like you said, it just, it creates the ultimate demand knowing in the back of people's mind, you know, this isn't something where these kids are sitting on a hundred pieces of inventory of this shirt. It's really one of one. And we mean it when we say it. <laughs> How did you, because I think this is a great idea. I'm, I was so surprised when I, I was talking to, to KP about this and she was telling me, yeah, like they have this player's trunk idea. I'm like, oh, that's great. But like that, they're obviously like the second person, the second group to do this because it's such a, such a no brainer thing. Like, how, but it wasn't like you're the first team, first group to do this. And I was so surprised because I thought this was such a great idea. Um, what, where did you guys come up with this, I, this idea of, hey, we're going to ask, athletes if we can you know if they want to sell the the clothing that that they used or whatever it is like how did how did that even come about yeah so the three of us um we've always had this idea in the back of our head and it was really just a matter of hey when's the time to put this plan and you know put this in place and execute it and like you said as crazy as it sounds it took a global pandemic and a complete 
quarantine and shutdown for us to finally have the time to be able to sit down and say, this is, there's going to be no better time than now. The three of us are home. Um, you know, classes are now going remote. We have a little bit more time, flexibility. So that's when we finally said like, hey, it's time to put this, you know, pen to paper. But the idea originated, um, the three of us being equipment managers at our respective schools and part of the job as managers is you're dealing with, you're really hands-on with the gear as it comes in. From Syracuse, it's Nike. Michigan, obviously it's Jordan, but the principle still remains the same. And just being able to see how much gear that these male and female athletes get, you know, year in and year out, especially the the athletes who stay the full four years, it's, you know, how many hoodies can you take over four years that the team gives you? So we always knew that, hey, there's a market for this. Um, and that's when my brother and his roommate, Jason, um, linked up with Charles Matthews and Xavier Simpson, who both um, played at Michigan. And we said, hey, we have this idea. Is it something you would use? And they both loved it. I know from personal experience, speaking with my brother and Jason, um, when Charles and Xavier both left school, of course, what, what did they want to do? They wanted to sell some of their gear. And at the time, this platform didn't exist. And they were stuck selling it on Instagram you know, stories and dealing with people and their direct messages. And the problem they ran into was people were just pretending to be buyers, almost like window shoppers, where they say, yeah, I'm interested. And when it comes time to meeting up and doing the deal, they don't do it. They just wanted to say, hey, won't believe who I was DMing back and forth with and you know, have a screenshot of they got to speak with Charles Matthews. So that was the problem that we were really looking to solve, as well as the fact that you're limiting your reach when a guy, you know, like Xavier Simpson, for example, who played at Michigan, but he's from Ohio, you know, not exactly Michigan, not exactly Mich Michigan country in Ohio. So <laughs> yeah. it's hard for him to reach his fan base in Ohio when he's, you know, a Michigan legend. So it was limiting their reach in terms of, hey, these guys have a huge social following. They're on national TV, you know, two, three times a week. They have fans all across the country, but they can't reach them in terms of getting them their gear. So that's what the players trunk really set out to do. And that's how it all started. It's a way for us to take the hassle out of it for the players. The players are super laser focused on the work that they have to do on the court to become the next professional basketball player, football player, whatever the sport, whatever the case is. And we just take the hassle out of it for them. What's the process look like to, for you to get, new athletes to to join because i've seen on your social media like it seems like all the time you're saying new trunk with these three athletes new trunk with these three athletes from like i guess could you give us a brief synopsis from like start to finish like hey when we see an athlete they're graduating or they're declaring for the draft whatever what's that process look like from hey first conversations to all right let's let's find a way that we can you know get something done here sure yeah so whether it's us reaching out to a player or a player reaching out to us. Um, we've drawn a lot of interest as we've grown at the quick rapid rate that we have. Um, we have athletes who hit our site and we have a tab on our site for seller signups where athletes put in a little bit of information about themselves, who they are, what school they played at. Um, you know, they submitted to us a little bit of a vetting process on our end just to make sure, hey, this is the person who they claim to be. Everything checks out. They don't have any more college eligibility. That's the big one for us. So making sure we do our homework on our end and once that's all approved, we get in touch with the athlete. Um, they send us the gear that they want to sell on the site. And that's really all that they have to do. We're the ones who take the photos of the gear. We're the ones who edit the photos. We're the ones who put it up on the site. Um, and we're the ones who do the handling of the fulfillment and the shipping when orders are placed, handle customer questions, provide the tracking numbers. So like I keep harping on, it's the whole, you know, makeup of this business is taking the hassle out of it for the players so they have more time to do what they love and what they're passionate about, which is 
the sport that they play. So that's really the the process in a nutshell. It's send us the gear um, and we handle the rest of it for you. And, you know, as item sell, we pay the athletes um, out for the, for the gear that they sold. I, I know we, we uh, mentioned it. Uh, I, I talked while well, you're talking before your, your show that the, your typical like 22 year old isn't starting their own business, let alone their own business. That's getting shouted out by, you know, D Wade. So <laughs> like, what was, I mean, what was it like knowing like, Hey, I'm, I'm taking a big risk. Like what was the support for maybe friends or family? Like, how did you decide like, Hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take this risk. And you know, we're, we're not, we're not going to, you know, half-ass it. You guys have a ton of athletes already. It's only been a few months. Like, what was that like when you decided, let's take this risk and, and, you know, chase our dreams a bit there? Yeah. Uh, I, I remember it pretty vividly. It was, I was in my brother's room on FaceTime with, our third partner, Jason, and it was late at night. I don't know why we were even FaceTiming to begin with. It had nothing to do with starting a business at 22 in the middle of a global pandemic. And as we got sidetracked into this conversation, next thing you know, we're brainstorming names. We hit the player's trunk. The three of us just had that aha moment, loved the way it sounded, loved what it stood for. And we just said, this is it. We're going all in. And the support was huge. I think our family supported us um, even more than we could have asked for. And that was really the the final push for us to say, Hey, let's do this. And before you knew it, I was shipping stuff out of, you know, my parents' kitchen, which I'm sure they weren't thrilled about. And it was a big mess early on, but we quickly uh, regrouped and reorganized, but the support from parents was, you know, huge. The support from our friends was huge. And the support from really just college athletes early on was huge. And even if we didn't have their gear, just hearing them say, you know, this is genius. I wish I saved my gear from when I was, you know, playing to be able to utilize a platform like this you know, that was, that was huge for us. And it, along with the Dwayne Wade and the Darren Rovells and the Jay Billises, like that was the ultimate proof of concept for us when these guys are not only understanding what we're doing, but appreciating it and really seeing that there's a need for it in a really completely empty market space that we were the first to be in. Um, that was the the biggest, you know, factor for us to say, Hey, we got, you know, lightning in a bottle. Let's push this thing out. If you were, so if you were on the other side of this, like you were a, a a potential potential buyer and and you were like okay i have some money to spend which of the items that you guys have would you be like yes i'm getting this this is like one of the coolest things that you guys have like what's your personal favorite item that you got or maybe you've sold already i think for us our, our biggest sellers are probably player exclusive sneakers um i know i grew up a sneaker head so that's you know where my eyes go on the site every time i'm on it when i wake up you know, first thing I look at, last thing before I go to bed are what sneakers have we just put up? What sneakers are we releasing? And the, the player exclusive sneakers, there's so few made. It's really just 13, 14 pairs for the roster guys and maybe four or five for the coaching staff and some basketball support staff. So sneakers with a logo on them are huge that you can't find anywhere else. Um, I also love practice jerseys. I think they're great to wear around. I know we have people that end up showing up to their local, you know, YMCA or church league. And they're playing in the practice jerseys that their favorite athletes worn. So we have some really cool pieces. And like I said, everything's, you know, super unique, extreme, literally one of one pieces. So whether it's a pair of sneakers, a practice jersey, um, a collector's item, whatever the case is, we, we really do have some cool pieces. Yeah. One of the, the coolest that I, I really liked, I, I did a little filter filtered from highest to lowest, uh, saw the, the, well, if you could explain the item that, uh, 
Charles, yeah. I think, had, had put up. Yeah, <laughs> it was the, probably the, the craziest thing. I remember I told my I was telling my parents about it and they were like, wow, that's that's awesome. If you could you know, share a little bit. Yeah. So Charles Matthews has from the final four run that Michigan had a few years back. Um, he actually has the locker room chair that each player got in front of their locker. Um, it's the chair that he sat on pregame. It's the chair that he sat on at halftime listening to Coach Beeline's speech. And it's the chair he sat on. Um, post game after playing Villanova. So something like that, you know, the fact that we were able to not only get an item like that in our first few months um, is huge, but I know we've drawn a ton of interest on it. Um, it's one of our most viewed items, if not the most viewed, and it's a really cool piece. And I think it shows, you know, like I harped on earlier, it's, there's so much more to the player's trunk than just selling t-shirts and, you know, shorts and sneakers. It's these unique collector's items, memorabilia items, a piece like that sitting in someone's man cave when they can tell the story to their friends that come over to watch a game on Saturday. Hey, this chair signed by Charles, the entire team, the entire coaching staff, plus coach Beeline, Michigan fans, you know, bleed and die maize and blue. And to have a piece, a piece like that, you know, that's literally history. So it's one of my favorite pieces on the site. It's the most expensive on the site, but uh, I think it's well worth it. Yeah, it's, and it's not like you're just like, like you mentioned, I mean, you're, you have some pretty exclusive uh, items and it's also not like you're just getting, you know, maybe some, you know, like a washed up track athlete like me that, <laughs> that, that nobody knows of, like you have some pretty big names that are, that are coming through there. I think I, you had like what, about eight people that were drafted this year in 2020. So like you have some big, you have some pretty big names. I mean, what was it like for you? I mean, you're not a coach or an agent for these guys, but you do have a relationship with a lot of them. What was it like to see? oh, wow, these are guys that I'm working with right now that are getting drafted into the NBA, taking the next steps or their first steps into their professional career. I mean, that, that has to be pretty cool to see a little bit. Yeah, that's. I think for me, the, the thing I love most about this business is the relationship that I'm able to form with these athletes. Um, like you said, the draft was huge for us. I know I've always loved the NBA draft, but I've never watched it with an eagle eye like I did this year. Um, being able to watch you know, the full two rounds, whereas – Where's this guy going to go? We saw him in this mock draft here. Is this the spot where we hear his name called? And it's super exciting from us from a business perspective, of course, but even just on a personal note, these are guys that, like I said earlier, we work collaboratively with. It's not just, hey, give us your gear. Here's your money. You know, adios. It's we work hand in hand with these guys. We build a unique relationship that, you know, very few others have. And some of the guys that we've worked with have become, you know, pretty close friends of mine. And to be able to text them, to be able to watch them, hear their name get called and then text them afterwards. Um, you know, just wishing them the best. Congrats again. I think that's the the coolest part of this that I personally just love every day being able to build these relationships and continue to just grow and develop uh, my network with these athletes. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's only going to get uh, you know bigger and bigger and bigger. Sure, the you'll I'm I'm not I wouldn't be surprised if in the next few years you have a, a number one overall pick uh, coming up. That's, uh, that's I'm sure it'll be coming up soon. But uh, I mean, obviously, it sounds like you guys are are really busy, like all the time with obviously you're a growing, growing market. I mean, what is a what's a typical day kind of look like for you or, or maybe your 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 brother um, on, on his side? Because I think I mentioned I saw your the my, my hustle video, I think it was. Yeah. So it seems like you guys do. Yeah, obviously have slightly different roles. Like what's like a, a typical day look like for for you guys? Yeah. So for me, typical day, you know, when I get up, it's First thing I do in terms of when I get ready to go on this business is check what orders came in overnight, what orders we still have to pack, fulfill, and ship. Obviously, our customers are our most important thing, and they come first. 
before anything else. So we make sure we get our orders out in a timely fashion, especially now with the holidays coming up, making sure that we're fulfilling everything in a quick, in a quick matter, make sure people get their stuff before the holidays and Christmas. So it's packaging the stuff. Um, I package everything on my own, print out the labels, bring it to the post office, FedEx, whatever, whatever shipping method we're using. Um, it's coming back. It's going through whatever gear athletes send us. Um, we get a ton of deliveries and packages from athletes sending in their stuff pretty much every day at this point. And my, between my brother and myself, we pre pretty much just split it down the middle, take the photos, um, head back in. We upload the stuff onto the site. My brother's unbelievable at that. It's a tedious process that he's gotten it down to a T. So he's great with that. And then it's, you know, of course it's the social media is a huge part of it. Um, whether it's making the graphics, whether it's promoting what the next week's trunk schedule looks like, just making sure that our followers and our customers are aware of exactly whose gear we have, whose gear is dropping and, you know, what they can expect in each trunk, a little bit of a sneak peek. So the thing I love about it is every day is different. It's never the same thing. There's no set schedule. Um, a lot of the athletes we deal with are on the West Coast. So a convenient time for them is, you know, when they're having dinner or watching, you know, Netflix before they go to bed, but that could be one, two in the morning for my brother and I here on the East Coast. But whatever the case is, you know, we're up early, we're, we're the last ones to go to bed. So we love it. It's, you know, we're, we're still relatively young, um, although we don't always feel it, but we'll stay up as late as we have to, um, working with athletes, working with our customers across the country. Yeah. It's, it seems like it's, it's been doing, doing pretty well right now. I mean, where do you, where do you guys see or hope that you guys are in the next year or five years from now with, with the players drunk? Yeah. I think the biggest thing for us in the next, you know, few years down the road here is the biggest one is what happens with NIL and name image likeness. It's a developing story that we continue to follow pretty much daily on what the NCAA is doing, what, what the parameters are going to be, what the guidelines are going to be in terms of college athletes being able to be compensated for their, for their likeness. Um, it would Has be anything a, changed on that end uh, within the past? Like, cause I know, I think what Northwestern had something a few years ago, I, I hadn't followed it too much. I don't know if you could give me a quick update. on. Yeah. That. So it's still a little bit of a gray area up in the air. Um, the word on the street is it'll be, you know, officially announced within the next year. So probably by football season next year where players can start to monetize themselves, um, whether that's endorsement deals, social media promotions, uh, merchandise sales, whatever the case might be, it looks like athletes are going to college athletes will start to be able to get compensated for that. And of course that's, you know, a big, a big part for us. And it's, we want to make sure that of course, you know, first and foremost, we're following the guidelines that the NCAA puts out. We don't want to get athletes in trouble with their eligibility um, so that's first and foremost, but there are a ton of exciting opportunities that we're working on now in terms of just building out and making sure that we're ready to go to market and ready to ready to have it scaled out for when the time comes when the NTA says, hey, this is this is where we're at. These are the parameters and college athletes, you're free to go monetize off your name, image, likeness. We want to make sure that, you know, we're a major player in the space and we're ready to go when that day comes. Yeah, it's it's a lot of a lot of moving parts, I'm sure, especially when you're when you're working with or or kind of working with the the NCAA and having to make sure that to follow those the, yeah. you know, all those types of guidelines. Uh, what's been like one of the biggest surprises, I guess, with I mean, this is being your your first real business that you started. What is like what's something that you didn't realize was a big player in this? And you're like, oh, this, you, you know, you're kind of learning it, whether it's on the fly or just, you know, didn't expect it. Yeah, I think 
the biggest surprise for us was just how much work has to go into it before we could even hit the market and officially, you know, put out the website, put out our social media, the, the months of work beforehand. And like you said, we're, we're three young college kids, one recent graduate, we're learning it completely on the fly. And I think there's something almost exciting about that where we're learning, you know, yeah, we make mistakes, but we learn from them. And I think for us, we learned how to build a website. None of us are web developers or know how to code. We've learned Photoshop. I mean, I make all our social media graphics. I took a Photoshop class in college. That's about as much experience as I had. And, you know, a lot of it comes down to watching YouTube videos and tutorials online at night before I go to bed. So I think there's something exciting about that. There's a there's something about learning on the fly and it's just, it keeps us engaged. It keeps us exciting. And, but yeah, it was the, the work that goes into it beforehand with building the website, um, you know, LLCs and making sure we're okay with trademarks and making sure no one had the name, the player's trunk and dealing with those, you know, lawyers and stuff. So that was the stuff that I think originally, maybe we were naive to just think, Hey, we're going to have a website with gear on it. We're going to have an Instagram page and, you know, we'll find customers and make money like that. I think there was a, a point where the three of us had to say, hey, let's slow down. You know, we're building a legitimate business here. Let's make sure we're taking our time, not skipping any steps and doing things right the first time so we don't have to go back and do it over. What kind of uh, advice would you give someone that might be listening to this that might have a, a business idea of their own, whether it's something, you know, sports related or sales or whatever it might be? that is, you know, not maybe hesitant on, on getting it started. What's some advice or some things that you kind of learned throughout the your process of, you know, how they could, you know, finally get started and, and really take that jump with, with whatever their yeah. dream might be. Go for it. My advice would be go for it. Um, I know for the three of us, we were always, like I said, we had the idea. We didn't know when the right time was. I think looking back on it, I realized there's probably never going to be a right time. There never is a right time. You just have to go out, have the idea, you know, you think it's a good idea as long as you believe in yourself, go out, put it out there, see what the response is and just, just go for it. As you know, cliche and simple as it sounds, I think a lot of kids, a lot of young adults my age get so caught up in, oh, what are people going to think? What's the response going to be? Like, who cares? Go, go for it. We didn't know what the response was going to be ourselves. And like I said, there's no right time. I think looking back on it, we probably wish we did this two, three years ago when we first had the idea, but we're glad we finally got pen to paper, put the idea out there. And, you know, we haven't looked back since and it's, you know, pedal to the metal. Awesome. Love that, man. Uh, I mean, where, where could someone go if they're interested in, in maybe some in learning about the player shrunker or learning about you, if they wanted to follow on you know, social media, the internet, something like that. Yeah. Uh, easiest place, of course, our website, theplayerstrunk.com and all our social media channels are great. Um, Instagram we use predominantly it's at the players trunk where we do sneak peeks, whether it's, videos, photos, um, inside look at what we have going on in our facility with the amount of gear that we're getting or a sneak peek in a player's trunk. Um, we're going to start doing some really cool things on social media where not only do you get to engage with the player's trunk, but you get to engage with some of your favorite athletes, whether it's live Q and A's, seminars, things along that nature. So definitely follow, um, at the player's trunk on Instagram, at the player's trunk on Twitter. Facebook, the player's trunk and uh, TikTok. We have some pretty cool things coming as well at the player's trunk. Awesome. Love that. Love that you have the TikTok going. I uh, love that. We're getting, that's great. we're getting that going again. Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. 
Well, uh, thank you so much, Hunter, for taking the time and uh, the player's trunk. It's been it's been awesome learning about um, your inside scoop as being a, a manager with the Syracuse team and also hearing what you're doing right now with the player's trunk. It's it's really cool. Super excited to see the next steps with your with your company. Uh, so thank you. And thank you to everyone that's been listening. Uh, I'm glad that you uh, tuned in and I hope that you enjoyed. Uh, if you're looking for some more content on Innovators Anonymous, you can follow us on Instagram at innovators.anonymous. We'll be posting different clips and other updates on the channel. So make sure you tune check that out. Uh, have a good one and peace. Mm-hmm.